This is the Litigation Management Podcast, and I am your host, Wesley Todd, the CEO of CaseGlide. <clears throat> As you know, the Litigation Management Podcast, we don't just talk about the latest case law or bill review or some tactical thing. We talk about the biggest things that are impacting our industry, whether it be data, technology, uh, litigation funding, nuclear verdict, social inflation, things like that. And so we try to bring on people that have that type of perspective. I get the opportunity to talk to these folks all the time, and we love sharing these people's insights with the thousands of people that subscribe to this podcast. Today, I have a great guest, a close friend of mine, George Hooker with Cole Scott and Kassane, the largest law firm in Florida, one of the largest law firms in the country. And um, they specialize in defending insurance companies. They try more cases in their jurisdictions than any other firm. Uh, on the defense side, they that's what George and I uh, started our careers uh, quite a bit ago now. And, and, and George is a senior attorney leading how many attorneys, George? Uh, around 40 to 50 right now. Yeah, 40 to 50 attorneys reporting to you, probably handling a few cases as well. One yeah. or two. Yeah, one or two. Your success as a trial lawyer. Um, the biggest problem in this industry, not just in Florida, but nationally, is the talent issues. It's very hard for the defense bar to keep up with the plaintiff's bar because the plaintiff's bar gets paid more money. It's also very hard for even if you have two equal uh, attorneys going head to head for somebody to defend in this world where there is much more uh, appetite for punishing a corporation or a business uh, because that's much more, you know, this social inflation is much more prevalent in our culture, especially over these last couple of years. Everybody um, believes that, that, or at least a lot more people believe in, you know, proving points and getting sticking it to the man versus, you know, conservatism and trying to keep costs down for everybody and free market, things like that. I want you to educate these thousands of adjusters and attorneys that listen to this podcast about what you've learned all over the years and how you got to the point where you were able to hammer out six trial wins in the belly of the beast, the most difficult place to win in the country, Florida. Uh, how were you able to do this, George? Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And I do think that we have seen just globally as an industry, these uh, negative trends with jury verdicts and both finding for plaintiffs and the amount awarded and things like that in the last several years, whether because of the pandemic or other, you know, social changes or, you know, um, atmosphere. Um, so it has been very difficult for the defense bar to be successful in, in taking cases to trial. And ultimately, I think that the, the way to be successful in these cases is to pick ones where you can tell a good story to the jury. It's not enough to have favorable policy language or, you know, some sort of, you know, gotcha tactic that the jury will be like, you know, I don't care if you're technically right. I feel bad for these people. You have to find a way to you know, explain to the jury why they shouldn't feel bad for these people and why, you know, the insurance company didn't do anything wrong. Um, one of the examples that I have is it's a case where they, um, the carrier invoked its option to repair 
um, and then requested a sworn proof of loss because the insurance company has a unique endorsement that allows appraisal to then go do repairs if there's a disagreement. And if there isn't a disagreement, they just sign a work authorization and let the work happen. The um, plaintiff in that case wanted to just get around this and very clearly was just trying to find a way to manufacture a lawsuit and get paid money. So they submitted a proof of loss that just said pre-loss condition. And their story was, we're just a homeowner who doesn't know any better and we're not a general contractor. That's the best information we had. Um, but we were able to paint a story to the jury that no, they had a public adjuster. It's very clear they could have submitted an estimate if they wanted to. And through our cross-examination of the insured, we're able to demonstrate that they really didn't know what was going on. And this was a scheme by the public adjuster to basically try to circumvent the repairs and get a cash settlement. So, you know, through our cross-examination of their witnesses and our own, uh, you know, case in chief, we were able to show, look, the carrier wanted to do everything right. They, in, they accepted coverage, they invoked the option to repair, said, let us fix the house. And then we're, if you disagree with our estimate, let us know what you want. If you agree, let us know and we'll start the work. And we were able to, you know, demonstrate that this, you know, tell the story that the carrier didn't do anything wrong and the homeowner was the one playing games. So it's, it's being able to come up with that narrative and present it to the jury that is absolutely essential in prevailing in these types of cases. So to me, what I think this makes me start to think about is the bigger picture. And you have this, these tactics, right? That you've learned from trying a bunch of cases. And so you're gonna get better and better and better. And, and, and you, you talked about that it's all about the story. Now, in our industry, where we're used to losing in general, insurers are afraid this can be of losing. And we spend so much time talking about cost. And we don't highlight the winners or give the winners a chance to win. What does something like this do for you as a professional? Like, how do you feel winning this for your customers? And then like, what's it do for your team and for your clients? Like, just think for like a culture shift, like sports, we're both sports fans. How much harder do you want to work? How much does this motivate your team when, when you have stuff like this versus what we've become accustomed to, which is just a bunch of paperwork getting yelled at and everybody worrying about our bills when we're trying to get great settlements and great outcomes and win stuff like What's this do for you? How excited does this get you? Is this refreshing for you? And oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Talk about that. And, and thankfully, we've had a lot of success in the last four or five years in taking cases to trial. I think um, over 80% of our cases we've won and the several that we did. And I think were very difficult cases that the plaintiffs just pushed. Um, because they knew it, like a Hurricane Irma case in Key West was very difficult to win. And a couple of the other ones that we didn't prevail uh, got overturned um, on motions for new trial due to bad behavior by the plaintiff's attorneys. And, and ultimately, that's, what, that's why I do this job. That's why my team does this job, is we want 
to win these cases for our clients. The, we see them, we know that they're not meritorious, and we know that the client doesn't owe anything and shouldn't have to pay anything. So obviously, um, a lot of times, just because of the exposure, because of what we talked about on the previous segment related to attorney's fees and bad faith, we have to pay these cases that we shouldn't. And it's obviously that is, if not demoralizing, you know, it's not something that we enjoy doing. So being able to take these cases, obviously, um, to trial is very good for us. Um, but it's even better for our clients because, you know, they are the ones who get to reap the benefit of this even more directly. And it you know, each success, you know, allows them to take more chances on taking these cases to trial. One of the ones that I succeeded on was a shrink wrap um, assignment of benefits where they put a shrink wrap on the house for $20,000 after the carrier accepted coverage and said, we'll give you a new roof. Um, and our summary judgment didn't prevail because they, it's very difficult for them ever to succeed. And most, most of the time that would be it and we would settle, but the client took a harder line and we prevailed. And then because of that, two months later on my most recent trial, it was almost an identical issue. And the same client, it wasn't even a hesitation, was let's go, let's do it. And again, we prevailed and I think we should have on both cases. It, it boggles my mind that an insurance company would have to pay an additional $20,000 after they already offered to replace the roof because the homeowner didn't do what they were supposed to. Um, and that just, it, it breeds, you know, more, you know, I don't want to say aggressiveness, but just more uh, confidence to do the right thing on these cases and push them towards, you know, trial and, you know, not having to pay these companies or insureds on, you know, frivolous cases. And hopefully that not only helps on these cases, but gets the message out that these companies, these carriers aren't going to, you know, just fold if a summary judgment is denied and pay some amounts out and hopefully has a more global impact on their uh, litigation volume and settlement amounts um, going forward. I was curious about that. Do you see um, differences in plaintiff attorney behavior across so like, obviously we can see this person will settle it for five bucks. This person settles it for three. Like we could see it at a very high level, but it's a little bit difficult to spot or, you know, cut uh, across like um, this particular plaintiff attorney lost this trial and now they've changed their behavior with this insurer, but maybe not other insurers. Have you, have you seen that like wins like these or even hard lines like these do change the plaintiff attorney behavior and act as a deterrent or as like a mitigator where it's like, okay, I'll take a little bit less than I may have said before, uh, or, or, or is it a little bit too early to tell? Um, no, we've definitely seen it on that proof of loss case. I talked about the plaintiff's uh, law firm there uh, filed motions to withdraw in 30 to 40 cases that were uh, very factually similar to the trial wow. that we had. And on some other ones that are also somewhat similar, they're now, you know, begging for nominal settlements of two, five thousand dollars. And at this point, the the client isn't even accepting that. But obviously, on the ones that they move to withdraw, we're going to get dismissals on. 
um, as well. So that one trial win turned into 30 to 40 additional wins for that company. And, and you know, at tens of thousands of dollars a pop in cost and exposure. So you're talking about these, these six wins, you not only zeroed them in those cases, but now you have millions of dollars probably overall that you're going to save this carrier from doing what you do best. And, and you know, everybody loves it. The carrier is going to love it. You love it. Um, do you have any other perspective after this, this run uh, that you'd want to share with the audience, uh, maybe to encourage them to try to, uh, you know, the benefits of trying these cases or the benefits of uh, your experience going from somebody, you know, from a junior attorney and then, and then, you know, becoming this heavy litigator, you know, just kind of crushing the plaintiff's bar. Yeah. I mean, ultimately this is the only way that the industry can have success against the plaintiff's bar is to push back. Um, they are bullies. And when you let bullies have their way, they're not going to just be like, okay, that's enough. They're going to keep pushing harder and harder. And we see this volume skyrocket as you alluded to, but when you actually push back and make them work for it, the vast majority of them are not equipped to handle it, um, and actually try these cases. And the ones who are equipped, you know, they don't want to have to do that. 20, 30, 40 times a year. They want to just get their money and go on vacation and, you know, enjoy the, enjoy their time. So you're going to see them go to the easy targets. And if, you know, some carriers are known for fighting extremely hard, uh, there's law firms that won't take cases against them. Uh, and if there's ones that just settle and pay everything, you're going to see a higher increase in the number of lawsuits that get filed against you and then making it harder to get a reasonable settlement. So this is what I've been preaching for years and it's encouraging now that we are being able to take a higher volume of cases to trial. I've probably done 25 trials in the last several years. Um, and obviously that's even with COVID, it would have been higher otherwise. And as the courts now push things even more aggressively. We are, you know, seeing trials happen all the time. And I think that that is something that will be very beneficial to the industry as a whole. If we selectively and smartly choose the right cases to take to trial and move forward with them. And, and that's what I'm trying to build here. I have one of my partners now who was an associate under me trying a case right now this week um, and uh, we have the capacity now at our firm alone to try probably 10 of these cases simultaneously, if not more. And I just want to continue to do that because when you put that pressure on the plaintiff's bar, they'll crack. And, and that's the way to have success against them. Well, you really got me thinking because I just, I think you just changed the way you look at the game, right? Um, we, we didn't get trained in law school on how to, on business process and how to automate things and workflow and things like that. And which is a very, you know, which is a really important piece of being efficient. We were trained on, you know, crushing the opponent, right? We were trained to argue, trained to win, super competitive people, everybody in law school. Um, and if you, it seems like what you've done is you've opened my eyes to, or, or you know, refresh my view. Like 
you, you, this is the game to play, right? This is the game that you can actually win the whole thing with. Um, the, the, you know, it's very difficult to manage all of those cases day to day, right? The trial is just one piece, but you 300 to 450 days before that, where things sucked, I'm sure at times, right? It's like way too much overload, way too much work. I wonder if we just shifted our focus to winning, if we would get better, if, if, if instead of being efficient, we would be effective. And if we would get better results. Um, and, and, and it's great that even though we, I think we have been very myopically focused in this industry on that process of getting to the whole point, which is the trial, if we've you know, been so focused on that, that we still have people that can win these cases on the defense side, despite all that, despite the industry's best efforts and a lot of these vendors like e-billing, third-party bill review reviewers, their best efforts try to squeeze out all the talent and send it over to the plaintiff's bar. So I appreciate that. I think you just gave a really good perspective on maybe the game that we should be playing as opposed to the game that we currently are playing. And I want to thank you for winning for our industry and crushing it and congratulate you on all of your successes and um, giving us hope as an industry that we can win and that we can have fun and we could do this thing the right way and we could play the right game and uh, be successful. So thank you for sharing the story. There's a bunch of young adjusters and attorneys that listen to this and I think this will be really helpful so they could see how, how it can be done. I, I'm happy to do it. And if any of your listeners want to discuss anything further or have any questions, I'm obviously happy to do that at any time, uh, either via email, phone, meeting, anything uh, at all. What's your email address? George.hooker at csklegal.com. All right. Well, I'm sure we'll talk again soon, George, but uh, thank you for this and um, another great episode of the Case Glide Litigation Management Podcast. Thank you for having me, Wes.